excited to be in church. Yeah? It's good, isn't it? Well, welcome to week three of our collection of talks called Under Construction. I don't know if you set goals last year. I don't know if you've set your goals this year. I don't know if you've achieved them. I don't know if you haven't. What I do know is that we aren't finished yet, right? We are all under construction. We aren't perfect here. In fact, we're far from it. Um, But we acknowledge that we are all under construction. If anyone tells you that they've made it, they've simply stopped growing. Yeah? And I believe that this series is more about our, uh, less about our personal goals and personal achievements and what we're doing in 2020 and more about building something bigger than ourselves. And the only way that we can do that is together. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word, the truth, Lord, given to us to bring life into our lives. And Lord, I thank you for your son that died on the cross for us. Lord, I pray this morning that you would speak to us. Lord, in each and every one of our lives, you know what we are going through. And you promise that your word will not return void. So God, this morning, speak into every single heart of every single person here, Lord, open to hear from you. In your mighty name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, if you are new here this morning, or new to our church, or new to church altogether, my name's Josh, and I'm the pastor here at Eastlake. If you've been around here for a fair while, my name's still Josh, and I'm the pastor here at Eastlake. Got to get a dad joke in there. I've got two kids now. The dad joke level keeps rising. I just want you to know that you can belong here before you believe. In fact, what's quite funny about Christianity as a whole and and our Bibles is that a lot of what we talk about in church, even if you wouldn't call yourself a Jesus follower this morning, is still really applicable to our lives. And even the principles of Jesus could make you successful in themselves. But I have to tell you that the power of Jesus is not in how we behave or what we do, but what He did for us on the cross when He died and rose again for our sins, so that when we choose to believe in Him, we could have eternal, real, and purposeful life. That's the power that we get excited about. The good news that we get excited about is what Jesus did on the cross when He shed His blood to break the power of sin and darkness in our own lives. And I think that's something to get kind of excited about. We haven't got it all figured out. And that's exactly why we're going through this series called Under Construction. If you weren't here in week one, Pastor Aaron brought a message called Be Before You Do. And he talked about how it's a disaster to decide where you want to go and what you're going to do if you haven't first decided who you're going to be. And then last week, Michael Cunningham brought a message and smashed it. It was called Reboot, and it had a play on the old Control-Alt-Delete on PC computers, if anyone still has any of those. (laughs) And he talked about what controls our life, alters the perspective of our life, and allows us to remove things according to that perspective. And how ultimately God should be the one who is in control of our life. And how that alters the perspective of our circumstances and allows us to remove things that might separate us from Him. Yeah? So we know what we want to be. We know who's in control. The next question is, what is in my control? 
And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Do we just sit back and let God wave some magic wand? Of course not. We've got an active part to play, but what is our part to play? What is in my control? I believe what is in our control since the beginning of time is choice. Choice is in our control. You see, freedom isn't the absence of restriction. Freedom is the presence of the right restrictions through the power of our own choice. And some people shudder when we talk about these things, but what I'm talking about this morning is the blessing in boundaries. The blessing in boundaries. And people shudder because they hear the word boundaries and all they think are rules. You know, there's this saying that people say that, why choose or when you can choose and? You get that? should be up on the screen. Why choose or when you can choose and? It's kind of like the world's idea of boundaries. And we know it can't possibly be right, but still it's the message that we're sold every single day. And I went out yesterday to do a little bit of research, purely research, for this very message today. And I went out with the concept that and is better than or. And some of you would know the goal that I set last year was to not eat any McDonald's or Hungry Jack's or KFC. So again, just for research, I went out yesterday and I thought, why not and? That was my goal in 2019. This is 2020. Chuck up the photo. Yep. That was the last time I smiled that day. I chose Hungry Jack's and McDonald's and KFC and I consumed it all just for research. Yep, thank you. Thanks, Brendan, for some appreciation. Yep, I don't have to tell you the damage that was done to my body or how I still feel this morning for you to know that and is not always the best option. You see, there's something blessed about all. And we don't always have to live in the land of and. There's something blessed about all. And we don't always have to live in this place of and. We can fall into the trap of thinking that all boundaries are negative. We put gates and walls up around our homes so that no one, the baddies can't get in. If you've ever been a child, which you all have, you think, you think that the boundaries that your parents put around you are just all constricting, right? Even in our language, yes and no, we create boundaries. But I want to explore the perspective of godly boundaries that when placed correctly in our lives, bring life and not deprivation. Lead us to God and not away from Him. What if we set those boundaries right now? What if we set the right boundaries at the start of 2020, at the beginning of 2020, imagine how you could achieve what you set out to achieve if you set the right boundaries in the beginning. Because, you know, God did the same thing right at the beginning. He set boundaries right at the start. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 5, we can read it here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. And darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. 
And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. Do you see what he did there? He created boundaries. In verse 4, it says that he separated light from day. That's a boundary. And it goes on to talk about he separated the waters as well. Would any of us complain about those boundaries though? Unless you're those daylight saving weird people. I guess not, right? And so I want to suggest to you this morning that as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual also. There aren't just physical boundaries around us. There are spiritual boundaries that we can put in place as well. And they're just as important. In fact, in Proverbs 4, 23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart. Turn to the person next to you and say, above all else. That wasn't aggressive enough. Above all else. (laughs) Above all else, guard your heart. For everything flows from it. I'm just going to get my career on track. I'm going to get my life sorted out. I'm going to get fit and healthy. I'm going to look good. I'm going to earn the right of money to provide for my family. And then I'll think about this spiritual stuff. And then I'll think about what life's supposed to be all about. And I know what's in front of me right now. I know what I have to do right now. I've got to get my home. Got to get my right family. Everyone's got to be healthy. And then I'll worry about what life's all about. Then I'll worry about what happens in the end. It's not really what it's talking about here. Above all else, that's a shift in our priorities. Above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, the inside matters. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget this. And even though it says it, in the Word, and we can read it in Proverbs. I find myself guarding my house more than my heart. Have you ever found yourself in that place? Guarding your your house more than you guard your heart. So what's the first spiritual boundary that God put in place? Back in Genesis again. He gave Adam and Eve one instruction. In chapter 3, he talks about how they should not eat of the tree of good and evil. And it wasn't so much about the tree as a tree. It was more than that. It had spiritual consequences. And he put a boundary in place for Adam and Eve. And they didn't know about good and evil, and he didn't want them to make that choice. And yet... In Genesis 3, verse 1 to 5, we read that the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree, eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat, God said. You must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Isn't there something about us that always wants to play God? Michael talked about it last week. We have this line sometimes, oh yes, I trust God. 
uh, trust in him until that happens. And then I'm going to take control. And we might never admit it. But every time that we cross these boundaries, we're saying we know better than God. Eve thought she was being deprived of something. But God was trying to protect her from something. And we could blame Eve. We could say, Eve, you should have known better. But really? We're the ones with Eve's example. Shouldn't we know better? How many times have we crossed these boundaries? I know I'm going to marry her anyway. So why does it matter if I sleep with her now? I know it's a lie, but if I told them, it would only hurt them and me. So I'm just going to keep with this story for now. I'm not judging them. I promise I'm not judging them. But did you see what they did? (laughs) I hope they get what they deserve. Remember, these are boundaries that we choose to live under when we choose to believe in Jesus. When we play God, we don't leave room for God at all. Our plans only work when God is in the center. God first, you and me second. And we can have all the plans and aspirations that we want. But we read in Psalm 19, 21, that many are the plans of a man's heart, but it is God who orders his steps. We need to keep the main thing, the main thing. But how do we do that? How do we go about doing that? We put spiritual boundaries in place. What boundaries? Well, I just want to talk about two really simple boundaries this morning. Two boundaries. The first boundary is how we keep God in. No, how we keep sin out is the first boundary. The second boundary is how we keep God in. Two boundaries. How do we keep sin out and how do we keep God in? Boundaries that keep sin out are lines and limits that we put in place in order to guard our hearts and our lives. And they're not made up things. You can find them in your word. Michael explored a passage in Colossians last week that's challenging, but pretty prescriptive on how we are to live our lives. And you can find scripture like that all through the word. Romans is another good chapter for it. What is sin? What am I actually talking about? Well, I like what someone said when they said, sin keeps you longer than you want to stay and takes you further than you want to go. Sin so often is about our here and now. And so I like that saying that says, now yells louder, but later lasts longer. Now yells louder, but later lasts longer. And you can apply that in so many areas of your life. Eve thought that she was being deprived of subject in her now, but it had eternal consequences. Not temporary, eternal. So what's an example of a real boundary? Because remember the reason. Why, why does God set boundaries for us? He sets them because He loves us. He's trying to keep us within the bounds of His love. And we need to trust Him in order to do that. But that's not easy. I'm not saying this is easy. Staying within the bounds of His love is actually hard for us. <laughs> not for Him. His love is everlasting. So let's use an example of what type of boundary we could use. Something easy, something not controversial. 
something like money. Everyone loves that one. We talk a fair bit about it because Jesus did also. And probably because we spend most of our waking hours working for it or learning how to work for it and then the other hours spending it, right? So let's look into it a little bit. For Lee and I, money is something that we put boundaries around. Ours aren't super profound. We just want to go first in our giving to maintain our tithe and give over and above. It's kind of our basic principles. And it's not super special, but it's easy to see, easy to measure, and an awesome start. If you have no boundaries around your finances, that's where I would begin. But our kind of statement, our spiritual boundary that we put in place around money is that we want to give more than we get. And we have not always got that right. I want to make sure you know that. But we made a decision that that would be our boundary, our guiding principle that we would give more than we get. And I'm also blessed with a wife who manages our finances carefully and wisely because sometimes that's where we fall over. We can be guilty of believing that there are blessings attached with tithing, which is true. But there are also boundaries around how we manage our finances in general, like the other 90% of our finances. If we manage them poorly and unwisely, if we don't honor God with the other 90%, then how could we expect any blessing for the 10%, right? It's like it's coming in here and and going out here. What's the point? We can't expect the blessings of God if we don't stay within the boundaries of God. We don't get to live outside God's boundaries and expect His blessings. We don't get to live outside God's boundaries and expect His blessings. Why? Because the blessings are in the boundaries. The blessings are in the boundaries. Tithing is a blessing with a boundary attached to it. You know, I've heard of people giving one possession of their clothing away each month to someone in need just as a spiritual boundary reminder to keep the love of money and things out. Do we get it right every time? No. But I'm trying. Why? And this is the key. Because the desire of my heart is to honor God. The desire of our heart is to honor God. Are we trying to keep the sin of money out? No. Money is not a sin. The Bible tells us it's the love of money that is the sin. 1 Timothy 6.17 says, Teach those who are rich in this world, which is most of us, not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. So what are we going to do? What boundary do you need to put in place? Because as much as I've just said that, money is not all about, is not all of our lives, right? There's other things as well. Maybe it's your thought life. Paul wrote in Corinthians and he talked about how we had to take every thought captive. How could you set a practical boundary around that? Maybe it's how we speak, inspired by Psalm 134. Or in Ephesians, sorry, we're encouraged to not let any unwholesome thought leave our mouth. How could we practically put a boundary around that? I don't know what the boundary is for you. What I do know is with a little prayer, a little reflection, you'll probably come to it pretty quickly. The real question, though, is the desire of your heart to honor God. Because if the desire of your heart is to honor God, then you'll put a boundary in place that keeps sin out. 
Amen? You really excited about that? Let's talk about the second boundary, keeping God in. What do these boundaries look like? These are boundaries that grow what is already on the inside of you. Because please don't jump just on the first boundary and go, I'm just going to start with one, keeping sin out. I'll clue you in here, you will fail. I'm sorry to set you up for failure, but you can't keep sin out. If your goal is to keep sin out, and then you'll only keep shame and condemnation in. The goal is to honor and love God. And so don't just stop at keeping sin out. Let's set some boundaries around keeping God in. Paul said it probably best in Romans chapter 6. He says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Sin has no power over us through Christ Jesus. Sin no longer is our master. And when we fail like we have before and we will do again, God's unconditional and perfect love, his sacrifice for us on the cross and his grace is sufficient for us. That if we repent, turn from our sin and towards him, that our slate is already wiped clean. So don't stop at keeping sin out. We must also do our best to keep God in. And this isn't talking about taking things out. It's talking about growing what's on the inside of you. And I don't know if you've ever been sold the message. I don't know if you've ever believed the message before that you are worthless, that you're a failure. Someone's just told you you're a pain in the neck. Or that you won't really amount to anything. You've got so much potential, but you're just wasting it. I have to tell you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that your God, the creator in heaven, said that you are more precious than rubies. And right now there is purpose, gifts, beauty on the inside of you that when partnered with Christ is so magnificent, so unique that no one else in the kingdom of God can take your place. And that's what I'm talking about growing on the inside of you. That's why we set these boundaries. Maybe it's a boundary of prayer. How could that practically work? I'm going to commit to spending time with God each day. Maybe it's a boundary of praise. This one is inspired by Psalm 134. That tells us to have praise continually on our lips. What could that look like practically? Maybe every Friday night you set a reminder to write five things down in your journal that you are thankful for that week. Keep praise on your lips, keep God in. Maybe it's a boundary of love. In that same letter that the Corinthians that Paul wrote said, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. What practical boundary could you put in place to keep love in, to keep God in? Maybe it's attending church because we know that it is in community with other Jesus followers that we grow that we can make an impact because iron sharpens iron, right? I'm a big fan of church, if you didn't know, because I believe that we are better together. And I'm excited about that Vision Sunday coming up on Feb 2nd, two weeks' time, not just because we get to celebrate what we're doing in 2020, but because there will be an opportunity at the end of the service that you don't want to miss where we come together and we make a commitment together to build something bigger than ourselves. 
because we are better together. Let's get practical though right now. What does it look like practically for you? You've kind of got homework in this message. It's not all rah, 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 go home. You've got to do something. What's it for you this morning? What boundary could you put in place to keep sin out? What boundary could you put in place to keep God in? As the band come up and we close, we're going to go into this final song, Build My Life. And I'm going to challenge you to write it down. To pick two things. One thing to keep sin out, one thing to keep God in. And I want you to commit to it just for this week even. How different could your week look if you kept this in? How different would our years look if we started now with the right set of boundaries in our life? What kind of impact could you have on the people around you? Look at society right now. How different do you think it would look to them, to a community of people who choose or and not and? How different would it be to show people that they have choice? We don't need to Bible bash people. We don't need to tell them that I live this better life because I'm pure and I'm better than you. That's dumb. I'm sorry. It won't work. But what if we showed people that there was another chance? I guarantee the majority of people that are walking out there aren't making the decision consciously. They probably think it's the only way because they haven't been shown another way. And that's our opportunity. They're getting sold the message. Everyone's doing it. I have to keep up. And they might look at you and say, you seem different. You seem free of all this stuff that I'm trapped in. And you could say, you have a choice. I made it. I chose first to believe in Jesus and he gave me the power to live differently. Can you imagine how it would be to know that you have another way, another choice? That was us once. How freeing it could be for people that are sent the message day in and day out on their TVs, on their phones, in their workplace, that you have to keep up, that your feelings matter more than the truth, that how you look matters more than what is on the inside. There is a dying generation in our city plagued with suicide that believe that you either got to keep up or give up. What opportunity do we have in the city of Mandrum? Will you make the choice to show people another way? Will you make that choice? There's something blessed about awe. You don't always have to live in and. Being a Jesus follower is less about burdened with boundaries and more about building something bigger than ourselves. We are all under construction. So how will you build? Will you build in a corner hidden away at the end of a cul-de-sac? Will you build a house that looks like every other one on the street? 
or will you build a life like a city on a hill, the light of the world? How will you build this morning? Because it's your choice. Would you stand with me right now? We're going to go into this song and I really, really want you to take it practically right now. To think about those two things. Write them in your phone, write them down in your notes and then continue to worship with us. And as we finish worship, I'm going to pray a blessing over all of us and then I want to tell you about one other thing that has no boundaries and no limits. Come on team, let's worship.